Blog Talk Radio. This is Prophecy Zone Radio. Hello and welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong and uh, we are going to have a wonderful show lined up for y'all today. We're going to have um, Susan Puzio from Prophetic News, Christina Week. Um, she is an author, wonderful author uh, of a, a wonderful book called Explain This. And we're also going to have Dave Millard, and he is a brother from uh, Blog Talk Radio, and we are going to be talking about Bible prophecy. Uh, so uh, please uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We had no uh, worries today. We got an excellent show lined up for y'all today. So, like I say, sit back and relax, and we'll be right back. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Input and see what uh, 
information she has on that. Um, so um, she's going to be calling in in a few minutes to uh, talk to us. So we're here with you guys for two whole hours, two whole hours, and, uh, and that should be really, really fun um, and uh, action-packed information that we have for you all today. We'll be right back. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end-time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the Matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. All right, we're back. We're ready to bring on our first guest, Christina Week. And she has written a book called Explain This. This is a thorough study of the book of Revelation. Uh, And she does a really great job of making it simple and keeping it simple and making it so we can understand what uh, the book of Revelation was saying and God was saying through the book of Revelation. Uh, and um, we're going to have uh, a uh, another guest coming on at the top of the at the bottom of the hour. This is Susan Puzio, and we're going to be talking about the church world, and uh, and uh, we're going to also break down Bible prophecy and the uh, information that. She has, she has, and I want to update on what's going on in the church world, and um, we go from there. Um, but, sister, are you there? I am here. Thank you for having me on, Phil. It's a pleasure to talk with you once again. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's uh, start by talking about the uh, uh, Planet X and rather in, in, in reference to the last days in the Book of Revelations, uh, and we go from there. All right. Well, let's get a little, uh, throw in a little bit of information about Planet X. Um, It's, some people put this into the category of UFOs and aliens and spaceships. Um, Planet X is just one of those things that people talk about for spreading fear and, you know, being it could be a myth and all this other stuff. But um, let's just kind of throw it out there as to something maybe we don't know that is yeah. coming. And sometimes, as we know, governments and agencies associated with governments like to dumb down the people, not to create uh-huh. a panic. And, it's 
that's something that I guess let's let's go ahead and leave it up to the listener to decipher on what they think it is. Let me put out some of the facts about it, and I guess kind of let it let it go. And I say let the Holy Spirit move you. And it's if anything, just leave it up as a warning sign of something that might be coming, and then they might have been prepared with a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, so we want right. the people to. Not be caught off guard. <laughs> right, and you know, and and as the prelude of, to your show, there, look at those verses in, in uh, um, the Gospels that Jesus said there's going to be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, where men will be shaking in fear at what is coming. So it yeah. looks like it's something that men are able to see outside of our normal vision. So with the telescopes we have and the technology that we have is this something then that we can actually estimate is coming and that strikes fear and then of course according to the bible these are things that are actually not a myth anymore these are things that are actually going to happen yeah and, uh, now, is, now is planet ahead. x is that is that is planet x the same as alanine no two different things and we'll talk about both of them we'll start with okay. planet x first Planet X has what's called an elliptical orbit. Let me describe that. We have the sun in the middle of our universe or our galaxy, and then each planet has a basic circular orbit that travels around the sun with the Earth and all the other planets. They never cross each other. They're always in their perfect little space. We never have Jupiter running into Saturn and all that stuff. This is what makes Planet X unique. The Sumerians called this Planet X Nibiru, N-I-B-U-R-U. I'm thinking N-I-B-U-R-U, Nibiru, because it meant planet of the crossing. This is an orbit that crosses every single planet twice. I mean, crosses the orbit of each planet as it goes around the sun. So you could say there's now a possibility of a collision. Now, that's speculation because we don't know its projected path. It's too far away. Yeah. However, it's inbound, which means it's coming towards us. It's not leaving us. It's coming towards us. Yeah. And planet X is termed that because it's planet 10, number 10. Huh. So that's why they labeled it X planet as a Roman numeral of X. Oh. So That's where we get Pluto? the word X from. Yes. So they have labeled this the 10th planet. Yeah. Now, back into those old ancient days, back when the early civilizations, they actually thought this was a 12th planet because they counted the sun and the moon as planets. So, yeah. But we know better than that now. So um, it's to us planet number 10. So this has what's called an elliptical orbit. So it comes inbound, and then it has what it is. It is ten times the weight and the size of the Earth. I mean, this thing is big. It's huge. And that's what they say people over at NASA are trying to understand why there's disturbances way out in space, and they haven't figured it out yet as to what are these disturbances in some of the other um, cosmic. And some are thinking there's something out there that's causing this. 
the pull of the gravity or the pull of the environment around it. It's unknown at this point. Yeah. But what's really unique, and I come across this much later in my um, looking into this, if you would Google the Swiss banknote of the number five, I think it's the $5 Swiss banknote. I think Uh it's called the franc. It actually has the orbits on their money with the with that orbit of planet X or that Nibiru coming inbound. Mm. That to me is amazing. Yeah. Because somebody must know something about it in order for the Swiss government to put that on their money. Wow! Wow! Now, when when is this uh, uh, planet X supposed to enter into our uh, closer to the Earth? I mean, when is it when is it mostly to cross the Earth that is closest? Actually, that's unknown because it's oh, path. No? It's yeah, its path it speeds up and then it slows down and then it speeds up and so on. Wow! So we that I believe is all speculation at this point, but they yeah. do know that there's something out there, and if it's a possibility that God and His mighty way of creation will cause that to speed up as it pulls closer towards our galaxy. That may move rather rapidly. So, and this is all, like I said, this is uncharted territory. However, they do find that back in ancient civilizations, something happened where the, you know, they don't know if this might have sparked some of the flood. They don't know. I mean, something happened upon the earth where it's, got to be something to do with something in the stars that made the earth make its changes the way it did, whether it's causing the great earthquakes that separated the continents or something. And they didn't have, of course, the technology then as we do now. But I think, you know, this is just like I said, it's, it's a myth at this point, but it's interesting because if there is something out there, um, and as it gets closer to us, are we going to be more and more alerted to what it could do to our galaxy? Does it collide with the planet? Uh, that would definitely put some signs and wonders in the heavens. Yeah, well, we know that Revelations is involved with a lot of cosmic activity. I mean, I guess a lot of cosmic activity might be an understatement. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what about Elanine? Okay. Ellen is a little bit more fact. There's not much speculation on Ellen. And this is, I think, we're going to see this. Now, this is something we could look for here in the next month. Yeah, and, uh, I know. Yes, and wow. uh, this, is, well, this is really, really interesting. And this will make your skin get goosebumps. Ellen <laughs> is, and you need to Google this and check it for yourself. It's spelled E-L-E-N as in Nancy, I, letter N as in Nancy. The name Elenin comes from a Russian astronomer who discovered this in December of last year, December 10. He was a very little-known astronomer, and he got some backing with some other more well-known Russian uh, sky watchers, astronomers, and they backed him up. So he gets the name for this one because he discovered it first. And notice it was just in December. So we're not talking something that was discovered five years ago. This Mm -hmm. was discovered uh, less than, I mean, what is it, seven, eight months ago? 
So that makes it also interesting. Here's what it's called. It's called C slash 2010 times 1 or 2010X1. That's its official name. So it's a comet. So Uh it's not an asteroid. It's a little bit different than that. It's not a planet. Some people are calling this a brown dwarf star, but basically they're labeling it a comet at this point. Now tell the audience what is a um, dwarf star or brown Oh, that, star. that goes over my head. <laughs> that <Yeah>. goes into <laughs> technology, but they say this is bigger than a comet because it's still quite a ways away at this point. And uh, that's why they're saying... Hit- oh, go ahead. Is it going to hit the Earth? No. No, that's not... And if you if you go to NASA's website, if you uh, Google the comet LNN, you will come up to the NASA website about it. It will state very clearly that, no, this will not hit the Earth. But that's not the problem we have. The problem we, we have is when it lines up with the Earth and the sun, things uh-huh. happen. Yeah. It's the alignment. And when things align in the solar system... It pulls on the gravity of the earth. And yeah. this is how you get your roaring and tossing of the seas. And this is how you get your major earthquakes. Yeah, and this is how you get your Luke 21 and the, your Japanese tsunami and the Christchurch yeah. tsunami in New Zealand. What you need to do is I'm going to try to explain it here without a visual for the folks listening. I, um, I, wait, yeah, hold ahead. on for a second. If you guys, if anybody's listening to the show, please uh, feel kindly to come into the chat room, and and um, the chat room is open. Uh, and, and if you're on Facebook, the chat room is open. I never say that. I've been doing the show for two years and still haven't <laughs> said it. I don't you know what? Warning. I am not a specialist on this. <laughs> I mean, astronomy is not my strong point. The Book of Revelation is, but not astronomy. So this is something I would love it if somebody in the chat room had some information. Let's join up here. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm kind of like I said. I'm just kind of putting a projectory out there, and you guys take your um, your computer and and find out some of this info for yourself. But I'll guarantee it. You're going to hear a lot more about this in the next couple of months, especially the. Or 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 do you um, but do you just. Maybe your opinion on this one, but do you believe that the president and, you know, some of the people on Capitol Hill might know about this? Yeah. Um, Of course, you know, like I said, I think uh, the government is alerted to this. But if they ever put out an announcement of what I'm going to tell you tonight about what is coming here in the middle of September, uh, you want to know what that will do? I mean, you think the debt ceiling is going to crash. Uh, wait till you know, some of this other information gets out there. And that's oh, yeah. why NASA, if you go to their website on this, they have downplayed this whole thing about the Earth getting crashed into by Elenin. And they're focusing yeah. on that. Well, yeah, that's not the problem. What they're not telling you is what happens when this aligns up with the sun and the Earth. And... That's what I want to explain to you here tonight because we've got two dates coming up in the in the next. Uh, actually, one of them is in a month and a half where this lines up again, and yeah. uh, something will happen. Uh huh. And at its closest, uh, 
that would be around September 11th. Actually, I think September 14th. They're labeling it around the 15th of September, the middle of September. Let me give you a little yeah. bit of background on this. Yeah. They have matched up, um, and you can do this for yourself. Just go to the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. It's right in the direct NASA site. So this is not something some quack made up and putting on YouTube. Okay, yeah. this is actually NASA material here. And you yeah. want to get to a website and just keep clicking on, just keep going through the things. You'll find it. There's a website that you can do arrows where you can forward the pro, the projected path of Elenin. They can project it pretty accurately as to when it comes into our galaxy or our closeness to the Earth and then when it starts heading back out. And right now it's yeah. still quite a ways away. But yeah. if And there's a way that you can line up the little lines with those cursors that run along the bottom of your screen and then on the side. You'll see them little triangle cursors, which you can move it around. Just play with it. It's really kind of interesting. But back in March, thir- March 15 of this year, so just a few months ago, the comet element lined up with Earth and the sun as it was still a ways out yet. March 11, we had the earthquake and following tsunami. Notice the roaring and tossing of the seas. We had that right within four days of when that aligned up. Now, someone says, oh, that's just, you know, that's coincidence. However, if you are able to, you can go farther back when Elenin was still a ways away, way out before it was even discovered, and you will see that it also lined up, of course it's through a distance, but it also lined up during the Chile earthquake as well as Christchurch, New Zealand's earthquake. Yeah. It also lined up there. What's wow. interesting is now it's inbound, which means it's coming around, and it's it's going to be nowhere near to hit the earth, so that's not even an issue. But. Yeah. It will be seen with a pair of binoculars, I believe they said the end of August, the beginning of September. That's going to be the brightest in our skies, and you'll be able, on a very dark night without city lights, you'll be able to actually see this with a pair of normal binoculars. A telescope, even a, a children's telescope would be great. You can actually see this thing. Wow. What is interesting is that on September 14 of this year, it lines up perfectly again with Elenin, the Earth, and the Sun. Keep that date in mind. So are we headed for a major earthquake in that portion of time of September 14? Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, this is, would this have anything to do also with making hurricane season a lot worse? They're not connecting that at all. This is mainly the pull on the earth. But, I mean, all this stuff is so intricately affected that we're still learning how earthquakes can be. I mean, they still can't project how many earthquakes can come in a season. You know, these are all just guesstimates, and they're pretty accurate at some point. But, you know, this is all learning yet through the weather technology that we have. But at the same time, if we do have some examples of what has happened in the past with certain things that fall into place, 
can we now project what may happen when things again fall into place? And that's why this September 15, September 14 is really interesting. Mm. But follow follow your your locations of our major earthquakes. Notice how we're going in a clockwise pattern around the Ring of Fire. Mm. If you had the what major, is the Ring of Fire? Where ring is that of at? Fire What's the location? Yep, yeah, Ring of Fire starts in up in Alaska or starts. It's a ring, so it never starts. But if you oh. would say it's it's a circle. So you would say it begins up in Alaska, in the Aleutian Islands. That wow. follows all the way down, of course, Canada, Canada's and North America. You've got your west coast, and then it continues through Mexico, down through South America. There's your Chile. Remember the earthquake in Chile? Then it extends up through the Atlantic, or, yeah, through the ocean there. And then we have New Zealand's earthquake that occurred after Chile, and then it comes up again through, of course, the other side of the ocean. So Japan was your next one there. Well, you had New Zealand's Christchurch, and then you had Japan. Yeah. Is the next major earthquake due to come around now to our side of the continent? Hmm. Somebody made that analogy. Let's look at the way the earthquakes are going in a clockwise pattern. Is there something oh. there? Yeah. So here we go, United States. We're due next if that falls true. Now, we don't know, but yeah. it looks like the pattern is forming. It's coming up around. And if Ellen yes, I mean, if Ellen seems to be the closest to us on September 14, could that be here one major earthquake? And I believe, Phil, that's where you are. <laughs> yes, indeed, Seattle was very close. Now, 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 have did, have you heard of anything about three days of darkness? No, I have not. Well, uh, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm talking off of somewhat little bit of information, which I don't really. I, I did a little bit of uh, uh, examination, maybe a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of underestimate myself, but anyway. Uh, the twenty around the twenty seventh, uh, the Alanine's supposed to be in, in, in covering the sun, the light from the earth. I don't know if that's just something they're throwing in there, and it's a rumor, or if, if it could really happen. It looks like it's somewhat close. At one point, I was playing with the, uh, and there's some there there's a place on the on on. NASA's website. I don't remember what website it is, but you can actually kind of toy with the trajectory. Yeah, of, that's called the Jet Propulsion Lab. Yeah, and I get you can go ahead and do that and see where Ellenin crosses between the Earth and the Sun. Yeah, yeah. you might you might have something there. Um, somebody yeah. can go ahead and try that, and you can project up to actually two years from now as to you know how the planets line up. Yeah. Wow. But here here's another date to keep in mind. Now I'm wondering if this might be what you are talking about. I, I don't have that projectory in my in my no, it can't be because I believe you're gonna see um Ellen will be farther out towards space again as it curves around on December four. That's another alignment date. And uh-huh. that's this year. 
But yeah. what is unique with that alignment, which has got a lot of um, people talking about, is not only does Elenin line up with the Earth and the Sun, it also lines up with Mercury. Wow. So that's now important. we just threw in another planet that lined up yeah. with Elenin. So that's December yeah. 4 when that happens. Mm. So, wow. But you're right. Elenin does cross at some point between the Earth and the Sun. When um, look up that that website, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and you'll yeah. be able to do it. Wow, that that is something else. Man. I tell you wow. what, this is an exciting time to be alive. If uh, <laughs> you know, these are things that God has created. A lot of people have said it's going to be a nuclear weapon that's going to cause havoc upon the earth. That is the result in, in Revelation, and I says I don't think so. I think revelation is the hand of God. And these are going to be things that man did not create and man cannot do anything about. It's going to be natural disasters that are going to be the thing in revelation. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much, sister, for coming on. You bet. Um, Anybody in the chat room have any more info? Tell the people where you can... um, they can find your all your information and Oh sure. My website is explainthis.us. I'm still in the process of getting a new website, but the one there is still up. You can purchase my book for fourteen ninety nine and that includes free shipping. Um you can reach me by email and I do uh, respond to all my emails and that is explain this at att dot net. Thank you. Thank you, you very much. You betcha, Phil. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, speak God's word in a way that it could make common sense. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful day and enjoy the evening. I sure will. God bless. Bless you. Bye-bye. All right. That was Christine Week with some awesome information on uh, the Elanine that is going to be coming uh, in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be an inter- uh, interesting thing to see where this comment is going to go. But we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture an American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. This habit forming. This habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com. Talk about the soon coming of Jesus Christ to the earth, to destroy his enemies and set up his long-awaited kingdom. Tonight we will talk about end-time prophecy and what God say will happen in this world. 
Bible lays out our future, and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible, and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. All right, we're back, and our next guest is... Uh, Susan Puglio, she has a, a ministry, a wonderful ministry, a website, uh, com, and uh, she also has a show on uh, Wall Talk Radio called Prophetic News, and tune in to her shows, I think it's Saturday mornings, uh, get on Wall um, Talk Radio, put in the search engine, Susan Puglio, her last name is P-U-Z-I-O, and she has a wonderful show. Uh, and this uh, blog on this blog talk radio, a wonderful blessing from God. It can be a, some things can be a blessing or, and a curse. And blog talk radio has its blessings, believe me. All right, we're gonna just go ahead and bring her on, uh, Susan. Yes. Hi, Phil. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you for Thank coming you. on. Yes. Uh, we want to uh, get right into. Uh, the message, and uh, we we just want to uh, go ahead and just talk about uh, what's on your heart and what what God has um, put on your heart, and even if it's prophecy, even if it's word events, if it's church or whatever, uh, and we'll go from there. Well, uh, it, it's been an interesting uh, few weeks here <laughs> for me, but uh, I. I uh, I was looking on uh, Facebook the other day, and someone had put up a a video, a YouTube, or I don't think it was a YouTube. It was anyway, it was a video of this pastor, and uh, he said that, and I, I won't say the word, but I'll spell it out. He said that, and he's preaching on a Sunday morning to his congregation, and and it's a fairly. Uh, large church it's not a small church and he's telling the people in the congregation that they s-u-c-k if they don't uh, as as a human being if they don't like the music in the church now (laughs) 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 now you know what is it going to take for some people you would actually go to this church, and you're probably paying to go there, uh, to go and be insulted. Yeah. Wow. And this is the Sunday morning fair, and then he and then he says something about C R A P. 
Uh, I I don't know. This is supposed to be a pastor. It's a sad excuse for a pastor. It's a sad excuse for a church. And uh, what kind of language is this for Sunday morning when you have children in the congregation and we're supposed to be setting an example uh, for the children, especially if you're standing up there on a platform preaching. So. I'm amazed, and then and then there was another uh, pastor from uh, I'll use the term loosely, but from I think he's from Tallahassee, and he he actually starts playing stripper music. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I should laugh or cry. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> he's playing stripper music. And he's a big guy. He must he must have been about maybe three hundred pounds. And wow. uh he's playing stripper music and then he takes his jacket off and he's he's proceeding to imitate a strip tease. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh I, I don't know. Yeah. All I can say is I'm glad I'm out of that mess. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, Yeah, that's crazy. I never thought I would see these kind of things in a church. Oh, it's probably, it's probably an understatement. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, probably. probably. Uh, because, uh, well, I think because of the uh, Internet, maybe we see things that we didn't see before. Because I, I've been I've been a Christian now 31 years. So yeah. when I first got saved, I didn't. These kind of things going on Of course I, I I was so naive I wouldn't think that anybody could do these kind of things uh, To each other To uh, fellow Christians And uh, But of course then uh, I came out of my uh, The little world I built Around myself where I, I thought that Of course being a Christian And, and People in the church Were uh, could be uh, a little perfect, so uh, we didn't try to go around hurting each other. And, of course, the pastor wasn't supposed to bring you there on Sunday and take 10% of your money and then insult you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, that's um, not good. Well, what do you <laughs> what do you think uh, is the um, most intriguing uh, thing that you have ever heard in the, in the church. I know for me it was uh, a pastor uh, talking about he takes a, a swig of alcohol before the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, dear. Well, that, I, no, I haven't heard that. No, I haven't, I haven't heard that. No, but uh I guess um the the um the thing that that I, I find really shocking and disturbing in a lot of the churches is how they try to refer to the gospel in a sexual nature. Um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Going is, yeah. That to me is very shocking. you ready to give birth? I heard this one time. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Sister. Uh, cutting you off, I heard this one where, uh, matter of fact, it was a church in town here we used to attend. When the first church I, when we got married, uh, I was attending when I moved here. 
and uh, the the one prophetess lady uh, called uh, uh, the lady out of the uh, actually an old couple out of the audience, and um, what happened was she was said, "I feel I feel like you're gonna you're gonna just give birth." You're gonna get. You're gonna get birth to. And, and she didn't specify. She meant spiritual. And uh, so it turned out a few people left the church, and I uh, for that just for that one reason. And I, I saw a brother at Walmart, and he started explaining it to me. The reason, one of the reasons why he left the church, and I thought it was kind of interesting. But go ahead, sister. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, at least they left. At least they yeah. had enough sense to leave. I'm yeah. like, uh, if I was in that church and that pastor told me that uh, I S U C K, uh, yeah, yeah, I would have picked up my babies and my pocketbook and uh, my coat, my hat, my gloves, and I would have been out the door running, screaming <laughs> for my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Get me out of here. But, uh yeah. I've heard that, too. I've heard where uh, they say uh, you're pregnant with your purpose, and they're talking to men. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. And uh, <laughs> But uh, even people like Eddie Long and, uh, and uh, even Creflo Dollar, you hear them uh, making uh, some kind of sexual statements where the gospel is concerned. And, and I, I really I find that very disturbing. Also, some churches even put up billboards where they're having um, seminars uh, about sex, and I don't, I don't think there's any place for that in the church. I don't think it's anybody's business, yeah. and uh, you know, it's, it's hardly a topic for Sunday morning sermon. So, well, if you stay in the confines of marriage, and then not necessarily speak about what's going in the bedroom, because the Bible says that the bedroom is. It's private. It's the secret yeah, well, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's nobody's business, so it, it's not a topic really for conversation in a church. Yeah. Uh, in a church setting, uh, even when there's uh, children or single people or whatever involved. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we teach single people to abstain from sex before marriage, of course. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, we teach married people to uh, stay married and stay faithful to each other and not commit adultery and these kind of things. But uh, I, I think that um, some of the churches have become so carnal and uh, so much like the world. And it is a very sad commentary because, we, for the most part, we don't um, – holiness is kind of – you know it's not a cool thing anymore, I guess. And uh, where it, it, God is holy and expects us to be holy. And, of course, there's so many temptations, too. Uh, was it you that you were talking about the eye and how when you you can, uh, when, you, when you're looking at the wrong thing and you're taking that in, was yeah. it you that was talking about that? Yeah, I think that was yesterday. Yeah. And uh, so, but, but another interesting thing, Phil, is... Um, the whole the whole thing that's going on with uh, drugs in the medical world, and I just wanted to touch on this briefly because a friend of mine, and, and it's and it has upset me very much, but 
a friend of mine is 80 years old, and she's a widow, and yeah. uh, she was having trouble sleeping, so she went to the doctor, and he gave her sleeping pills. And then, of course, she was having side effects. So, when when you go when she went back to the doctor to talk about the side effects, he told her she needed a psychiatrist. Yeah. Now, now this is a saved person. So then he sent her to a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. and uh, I've come to find out that it's it's um, happening. She said her all her little older friends in her condo complex. Is, some of them also the doctor has sent them to a psychiatrist. So now when an older person has complaints, medical complaints, when they go to the doctor, the doctor just assumes that they have psychological problems. So now they send them to a psychiatrist, and they're putting them on strong drugs, and they put her on. Now, I had heard some things about this one drug, Ambien. I wasn't really that familiar I I had heard uh, a few years back when I think one of the Kennedy sons, uh, he took it and he went out driving, and he didn't even know he was driving. And I think he he was arrested for a DUI, and he said he wasn't drunk, but he he was on Ambien. And then he had no recollection the next day that he was out driving in his car. And I found wow. that hard. I found that hard to believe. You know, I thought, wow, that that that's a far out story. Uh, but my my friend uh, has been complaining to me that she thinks she's sleepwalking, and um, that uh, she's depressed, that she wants to commit suicide. And um, then I asked her. I said, well, what what is the pill that what is the sleeping pill they gave? And she told me it was Ambien. And uh, so she has all the symptoms, if you go and look it up on Ambien, all the symptoms. Yeah. You sleepwalk, and this this drug is so powerful that you will get up in, in the middle of the night and sleepwalk, and you could you could go out in your car and drive and not, not even know that you're doing that. And uh, the next day you will not remember anything. This is this is Wow. A, yes. And when I was talking to another friend of mine, uh, about it, and she said, "Yes." Yeah. She said, "Susan, one time I took an Ambien, and I only took one, and I got up in the middle of the night, and I got in my car, and I started driving, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't even know that I was driving. I was so out of it." And she said, "The police pulled me over, and uh, thank God the policeman knew me, and he said, what are you doing? You know, were you drinking? And she said, no, I wasn't drinking. I took an Ambien. And he said, oh, and they, the police knew about it. So they said, well, we'll take you home and make sure you get home safely. And she said that the next day she did not remember that she was out in her car driving. Wow. So I said to her, I said, you know, I've heard of a lot of drugs in my life. And I was a child of the 60s. And I knew I knew about some drugs, but I never heard of a drug like this. Yeah. I never heard of a drug wow. like this. And this is the the drug that the, the uh, sleeping medication that they're giving to people. And then they're yep. they're it's wild. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that they're putting in the foods and stuff, and and a lot of times we would be called an alarmist or you know paranoid. Um, to say that uh, these foods are being uh, poisoned. 
And, uh, I mean, even the quality of food is worse off than it used to be. I mean, and I still don't know. yeah, it is. Yeah, the hamburger. We used to eat at a a restaurant called The Flame back in Pontiac, Michigan. And they used to have the greatest hamburgers, and there was a specific taste to the hamburger. It was called meat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now when you go... To McDonald's and, and and Burger King and rest even the better restaurants, yeah. uh, it's hard and few and far in between where you can find a good uh, uh, gr- grill, you know, bar and grill. Where I, I don't go to bars, but you know what I mean. I know what you're place. talking about, but I I know what you're talking about, and even it, it's been a topic of conversation on uh, some of the other radio ministries. We're talking about uh, the food. And how yeah. it seems that children are getting heavier, and the and the young girls are maturing faster, and yeah. uh, I mean obviously it's because of all the hormones and the antibiotics that they put in. But if you, if you do want to taste meat that does taste like meat, you can try grass fed because that's the way yeah. it's supposed to be raised. Is a cow goes out and eats grass, and yeah. they're not grain fed; they're grass eaters, cows, and yeah. uh, so. Um, yeah, the quality of the food, and like you were saying about, you were talking yesterday about people say, well, what about a conspiracy? Well, it, it does seem like a conspiracy when when it's when you can grow food in a natural way, and then yet you choose to grow food and to poison it, and then yeah. to uh, feed it to people and to poison them and then to uh then people are getting sick and then they're taking uh, medication and the medication gives them a side effect and then they're getting sicker and uh yeah i mean it sounds it sounds like a weird conspiracy to me so uh that's why the lord wants us to use wisdom and uh yeah. to try to take care of ourselves and our our body is the temple of the holy ghost so we have to uh and, and with the advent of the internet, you can look up anything that you want. You don't have to run to the library anymore to get a book. Yeah. So anybody could be educated. You could just put anything into a search engine and find out uh, what you're eating or find out your symptom and uh, try to help yourself. So uh, it's becoming more and more alarming uh you know, if people want to take medicine, that's their business. I can't tell them what to do. But uh, they want to make um, these, they're making these hybrids in a laboratory where it's half human and half animal. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and then they're going to use it for medicine for people. Oh, I mean, it's too bizarre. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That is really strange there's a lot of strange things going on nowadays uh and 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 i don't i don't believe that uh aspartame um uh, would immediately kill you but uh well it's, it's a it's dangerous a drug it's a dangerous drug it's and that's a dangerous a diet soda. drug that's an well, anybody can go and look if you're interested Get out your computer and put it in a search engine, NutraSweet, the dangers yep. of NutraSweet. And uh-huh. you always see someone that's overweight drinking a Diet Coke. Yeah, and it makes you, you know. hungry. Yeah. It really and does. It I, I, hey, 
and yeah, it also uh, gives you, you know, can do damage your brain. Uh, yeah, and it, it's a it's a very very dangerous drug, NutraSweet. So, uh, yeah. anybody that's out there that's drinking it or eating it, you know, you think you're doing yourself a favor by uh, oh, I'm cutting down calories. Well, you're you're, you're damaging your health. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, does it pay? Really, it really doesn't pay uh, to. Uh, not eat organic, the way I feel is, okay, it costs a little bit more money to eat organic, but I don't have to go to the doctor. I don't take my yeah. medication, and yeah. uh, I'm not always running to the doctor for something because uh-huh. I, I try to uh, doctor myself, and God forbid, I just I hope I don't have to go. You know, I mean, if, yeah. if there's people out there that have to go, well, you know, that's your business, but you should be trying to do everything to prevent heart disease, uh, most of it can be prevented through diet or diabetes. Late adult onset diabetes, for the most part, can be prevented. And uh, there's a lot of things that you could do to practice prevention, so that you don't have to wind up sick and on ten medications and, and uh, going for surgeries all the time. So it's a better way to live. And in the long run, it's even, it's it's cheaper because you don't have any doctor bills. Oh and yeah, unless for you, sure. have an, you know, mm-hmm. unless you have an accident or something, but uh, uh, you know, I think as Christians, we have to be good stewards over our bodies and try to keep ourselves healthy so that we can do something for God. And, yeah, instead of uh, running out of energy and can't can't really uh, do anything because we don't have the energy to walk up the stairs, down the stairs. I mean, <laughs> even if you had to go work at the shelter. Uh, you know, uh, volunteer for that or volunteer to take care of some kids or you might have sure. to take one of them up. You sure, know, because it's, it's hard. Best, even if, if there's people out, out there that are depressed, it's always, if you are depressed, then it's a good thing to get interested in somebody else. Yeah, to yeah. do some volunteer work in a daycare or in a nursing home or in a hospital or, or go somewhere and help somebody else and you'll be surprised how you start feeling happy. Yeah. Because it's it's like the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. So when you're doing something for someone else, it it does make you happy. And and if you're just doing it because you want to be a blessing to someone, that's even better. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a, there's a lot of things we can do as uh, Christians to try to make our lives better. But there is there is so much stress in life today. There's there's more stress I think than ever. And uh, even though, you know, it's the 21st century and we have all the modern conveniences, it's still it's still quite stressful. And uh, with the financial pressures, too, constant uh, prices going up and the cost of living going up and uh, the taxes going up. So there's a lot of pressure in life. And that's the time we know that we need the Word of God because... I'm thinking, wow, I was thinking that last night. I really have to spend more time in the Word because it, how it really helps me. Yeah. Yeah. It really helps me. It helps me to uh, stay stable. And uh, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word and how it renews our mind. And yeah. uh, so it's very important because we can't we can't live without God's Word. 
Yeah. He did. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That, that, it's a starvation in the land of God's word right about now. So we see now. that. Yeah. We see yeah, that. That's indeed. That's indeed. Um, who are you? You're logged in as yourself, or did you come in at the prophecy zone? Or what on your uh, on the phone? Yeah. Did you are you are you in the chat room anywhere? No, I didn't. I didn't turn on my computer. Oh, okay. No, All I right. didn't turn I just, it on. Is there are there any comments in the chat room? No, 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 no. I was just I was just looking at something. I thought it was kind of weird. But anyway, yeah. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank um, you, Bill. Yeah, it was a blessing. Yeah. Very much a blessing. Thank you. I you have a wonderful you night. Too. Yeah, you Bye-bye. too. God bless yes, you. Ma'am. All right, you bye-bye. Too. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and... Um, We will be right back. What you just heard was an actual recording of my daughter's heartbeat within my womb. And ever since my husband Jeff saw our moving, active, vibrant daughter by way of live ultrasound image and heard her precious heartbeat within the womb, he's been horrified that we as a society legally kill our children at this stage of life. As a society, we legally kill our children. This is the greatest human rights issue of our day. To join in the conversation Fridays 9 to 11, visit WeKillChildren.org and find the show. That's WeKillChildren.org. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now we don't go blowing up people and killing our enemies because God never told us to do so, but we're literalists in our interpretation of what the Bible says. We believe it verbatim, we believe it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we live accordingly. So why is that so hard to believe that Muslims would do the same because the Quran puts no limitations on the violence and the war against those who stand opposed to Islam, where the, the Bible and the New Testament, especially in grace under which we live, Jesus never mandates that we do such a thing. So, you know, they're literalists and we are literalists. Theirs causes them to be violent. Rapture Ready Radio, live on Tuesday and Saturday, and the BB Report live on Thursday. Visit www.raptureadyradio.com for more show information. Hey, everybody out there, my name is Phil Armstrong, and I'd like to invite y'all to join us. On the Prophecy Zone every Thursday and Sunday as we talk about the soon coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about world events like the Mark of the Beast, Israel, Middle East peace talks, Middle East wars. We're going to be talking about things like the end time generation that we live in because we are living in the final days. So join us on the Prophecy Zone.
All right, we're back, and I'm hoping y'all enjoying the show. Uh, we have another special guest, um, Dave Lillard. I always want to say Mullard. I don't know why. Lillard, and he is from uh, Christian News in Review, and he's off of uh, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, he has a uh, wonderful, wonderful ministry that is proclaiming the gospel uh, like it should be uh, proclaimed. And we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to go ahead and uh, bring him on. Actually, uh, hold on, I just noticed something. Um, uh, he, let me see. We're going to take another break because I just noticed something. Uh, uh, brother, there is no um, buttons to push to bring you on. So I don't know if that's a problem or not. Uh, I think it might be. So I have to. I'm going to have to figure this out. If you, if you know, actually the buttons are nowhere in sight. Oh, host is disconnected. That's why. So I'm disconnected from the uh, board. So let me hold on for a second. I'm gonna have to call back. So I'm just going to hang up this phone. I don't even know if I'm on or not. Anybody in the chat room tell me if y'all can hear me or not. Okay, so I have to actually get out of the uh, chat room and uh, uh, not chat room, the, uh, the the studio switchboard and try to come back in uh, another switchboard. So please stand by. So you never know uh, when you can't chew gum and walk at the same time until you have to actually do it. Uh, and this is the time that I have to do it. It says that the is waiting for the host to call in. So I'm just going to go ahead and hang up the phone up and make the computer believe that I'm actually calling back in, which I am. So stand by, hang up and call back in. Okay, okay, there we go. We got it. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and bring Brother on. Dave? I'm right here. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for coming on. We got God lost bless. here for a second, but we are here, and I'd like to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for bringing us together in fellowship along with uh, the audience, and, um, and we're going to just... Relax and let the spirit guide us, and on this show. So um, we'll, let's let's go ahead and and get into um, what is the Lord leading you to talk about um, today? Uh, what are you putting on your heart? Well, one of the things is the urgency in the spirit that we're running out of time. Yeah. We as the body of Christ have got to bring ourselves to the realization that despite what the major media outlets are saying, 
despite what some religious leaders are saying. We're actually living in the prophetic last seconds before the return of Jesus Christ for his church. And it's up to every one of us, whether you're a minister, a teacher, whatever, if you're nothing at all, as far as titles go. We've got to spread the news. He's coming back, and we've got to do it with love. Yes, indeed. I hear all these gloom and doom people out there, and all they're screaming about is judgment, judgment, judgment. Well, I'll tell you what. If if that's all I'm hearing, I'm not really interested. Yeah. I want to hear about the love of Christ. Yes, and indeed. Amen. The, the world wants to hear about the love of Christ. Yes, there's going to be judgment. Yes, there's going to be some gloom and doom. But we've got to talk to our friends and neighbors and family members and tell them about the love. Love is what the Bible and what God is all about. Jesus himself said the two greatest commandments that we should live by are love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and spirit, and your neighbor as yourself. And he, in fact, said on these two, all the rest of them, All the rest of the commandments, all the rest of the law, all the rest of what we're supposed to do rests on those two things. So let's let's get away from screaming judgment, 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 and start tempering that message with love. And let the world know, Jesus loves you, and he loved you enough to come and die for you so that you didn't have to go to hell. If you go to hell, it's your own choice. God's not the one who's going to decide where we go. We decide where we're going to go. We either believe on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and heaven will be our home, or we don't, and hell is awaiting. And you know, Phil, in Isaiah, it actually talks about how God has had to increase the size of hell to hold everybody. Goodness gracious. I find it kind of ironic that he has to increase the size of hell to hold everybody, when hell was not created for anybody but Satan and his followers, his, yeah. his, the angels that followed him in the rebellion against God, God is having to increase the size of hell mm-hmm. for all those who don't believe, but yet heaven's mm-hmm. still the same size. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is something else. That's something wow. to think about. Also, we've mm-hmm. got the uh, the fall feast coming up. Amen. Uh, beginning at the end of this month, we're going to start rolling into the uh, fall feast. And as I said in my program today, Jesus has already fulfilled the spring feast, which are Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. He fulfilled uh-huh. those when he walked this earth. Yes. Now we're about to go into the time of the fall feast of trumpets. Day of Atonement and Tabernacles, and those are yet to be fulfilled. Those wow. will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back. Well, and now does the, now does the generation uh, uh, do you factor the generation into this? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, this is the only generation in history, Phil, that has that has seen the total fulfillment of end day prophecies. From the time of Adam until the mid to late 1800s, nothing really changed. If you stop and think about it, nothing really changed. Man still had to, transportation was walking, some sort of animal, or if it was on 
water, it was a boat that was powered by man or by sail. Medicine didn't change. Science changed very, very little. But since the mid to late 1800s, now we started off with the steam engine, locomotives. Then came the automobile. Then came the Wright brothers and the first aircraft. In just 50 short years, we went from a one-man glider with a little little motor on it that could fly about 200 or 300 feet to putting a man on the moon. Think about that. In just 50 years. Now we have supersonic aircraft that can travel three and four times the speed of sound. We can take wow. 300 people and put them on an aircraft and fly them from the United States to Israel in about 10 hours. That trip used to take a month on a steamship. Now we can do it in hours. We put a man on the moon. We have an orbiting space station. We now have a car. We can travel the same distance in a day, Phil, that used to take people a week to travel. Think about that. I can get in my car right now and drive to Los Angeles, California in about 30 hours. That trip 100 years ago would have taken, at the very least, a week by rail and close to a month, maybe even longer, by wagon. Medical science, up from the time of Adam until the the mid to late 1800s, let's just say the 20th century, medicine didn't change. Now we have had to redefine Life and death, because now we can put somebody on a machine and keep them alive indefinitely. We can pro we can prolong life with with uh, various kinds of medicines and machinery. Couldn't do that. Jesus said, "When you see all these things coming together in one generation, that generation will see the return of the Son of God." Well, here's the big things, Phil. On May 15, 1948, after 1,900 years of not existing, the state of Israel was reborn in a day, just like Isaiah the prophet said it would. That's when the prophetic clock started, when Israel was reborn as a nation. That was the catalyst that kicked off everything else. Now, If you look at a generation, a biblical generation, as being 70 years, which I'm among the the people who believe a biblical generation is 70 years. You had 70 years to 1948, and you come up with 2018. I want you to think about this. 70 years brings it to 2018. Uh Then you subtract seven years for the tribulation period. You come up with 2011. Yeah. Wow. I'm among a group that believe this could very easily be the year the Lord comes back because he said that generation will not pass away. Yeah. I believe that this year, somewhere around the time of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, I believe the Lord could very easily come back. Uh, I really believe this could 
literally be the year. Now, am I going to be dogmatic like Harold Camping and others and say, well, it's going to happen on this date at this time? No, because no man knows the day or the hour. I'm just yeah. saying that it's a very real possibility he could come back this year. Yeah. He really could. And well, that's it, one of the it, reasons why. Go ahead. Oh, it was. It's kind of funny that um, uh, you have a different uh, time zone than I do. And a couple of hours, uh, four hours for me, it's going to be another day. And only two hours for you is going to be another day. So, um, and then and, and, and the, the soldiers and the military personnel and the overseas uh, is another day. And They're already so, on tomorrow. Yeah, so no man knows the day and hour just that way by itself. Well, you know, in the that old be, times. Go ahead. This is something that, that I, like, I like to talk about. In the old days, back in, back in Christ's time, the term no man knows the day or the hour was synonymous with the Rosh Hashanah holiday. Reason being, it started on the first day of the month. Uh-huh. Well, they didn't have calendars. They didn't have computers. They didn't have atomic clocks. They knew it was the, the first day of the new month because they would see that tiny little sliver of a new moon. That would tell them that would tell them it was the first of the month. The high priest and the council would send two witnesses out away from the city to look for that sliver of the new moon. If they found it on that day, they would come back, report it to the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin would report it to the high priest and they would blow the trumpet indicating that Rosh Hashanah had begun. If they didn't see it, it began on the next day. So no man knew the day or the hour when that would happen. This is the only festival, the only day in the Hebrew calendar that has that stigma attached to it. No man knoweth the day or the hour. Now, brother, could you tell the people out there in Leviticus 23 who these feasts belong to? Well, Phil, I'm glad you asked that because I just happened to have my Thompson chain turned to Leviticus 23. If you look at Leviticus 23.2, it answers the question. That verse says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, Even these are my feasts. The Lord himself said, these are my feasts. They're not Hebrew feasts. They're not Jewish feasts. They're not the feasts of Israel. They are God's feasts. And if you go through the 23rd and the 24th chapters, you'll find, and let me just go through this real quick, Phil. 23.14 says, It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. In 23.21, he says, It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. In verse 31, he says, It shall be a statute throughout your generations in all your dwellings. You go to the 23rd chapter and the 41st verse, he says, It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month, talking about that particular feast. And then in the 24th chapter, 
the third verse. He says, it shall be a statute forever in your generations. It seems to me, and of course, I don't have a Ph.D. I'm not an English literature major of any sort. But it seems to me if God says, these are my feasts, they're his feast. Yeah. If he says, you're supposed to celebrate this throughout your generations forever, it would seem to me that God meant that these were his feasts and he wanted these celebrated for as long as man was here. I could be wrong. But the Bible's pretty plain speaking in most everything it talks about, except when it uses pictures in prophecy. This isn't pictures in prophecy. This is plain speaking. To me, Phil, it says we're supposed to celebrate these feasts throughout our generation. Yeah. Well, even in the Word of God, it tells us to watch, um, even if it was just talking about Rosh Hashanah alone. Um, and and the thing, another thing is to look at is Easter, even though it might be uh, in some people's eyes a pagan holiday. Um, but the thing is, we we serve at least we get well, some people out the house on that day. Um, but uh, you know, even even by nature, uh, we we we've covered at least that feast, um, and uh, that that's kind of that's kind of unique. Without us even really knowing it, we, we actually uh, somewhat coming close to uh, celebrating Passover. So um, we supposed to, now is it a uh, requirement for salvation? No, no. But um, I, I, I'm I'm looking at Rosh Hashanah as a possible uh, day, um, and, and and there's a series of trumpets that are blown even. Through that uh, festival, there's a lot of things that are going on. Now, the Bible says that the last trump for mm-hmm. dead should be raised incorruptible. Um, the Bible also talks about in um, Thessalonians that um, the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain should be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So there's a lot of trumpets, but there's an individual last trumpet. That will be founded at the end of Rosh Hashanah. Tell, go ahead and fill us in a little bit more on that, if you if you know. Well, the the Feast of Trumpets celebrates the blowing of trumpets, as, as most of us who study the Bible know. It is the only festival where the king leads the service, and it's the only festival where the king's trumpet is blown. And I don't remember how to pronounce it, but there is a special sound that is made during Rosh Hashanah that is a signal of the king. And that is the last trump. Uh, the Tekiah Ablagada, I believe it's called. My, my, my Hebrew's not very good. It's Southern Hebrew at best. But it's a special tone that brings in the king. And it's the only festival where the king's trumpet is blown. And this is a a beautiful uh, silver trumpet. I find that very interesting that Rosh Hashanah, the words that Christ used, the trumpets and the the scriptures that tell us that at the last trump, the dead in Christ shall shall be raised first, and then those of us which are alive and remain shall be brought up to meet them in the air. 
There is just so many similarities between the Rosh Hashanah holiday and the words used to describe how Jesus is coming back. The it, it just amazes me how many people don't even they'll they'll feel they'll read the passages and they'll blow right through it. Yeah, they'll just yeah. blow right through it, and and not very many people take the time. And this is something that really bothers me. You know, in Isaiah, the fifth chapter, and I think it's the 13th verse, God said, my my children are led into captivity because they have no knowledge. We can't just read the Bible. We've got to dig under the surface. We've got to look at, well, best way to put it is this way. Here in the West, we don't have the same customs as they do in the East. In the in the East, Middle East, they understand all of the things in the Bible because they're brought up in that culture. We were not brought up in that culture. So we don't understand many of the customs and traditions that they understand. We here in the West need to dig under the surface of the scriptures and read about and read about the times. Read about the culture. Read about what they thought, what they did. We're primarily an industrial nation. Israel was a agricultural nation. They thrived on livestock and agriculture. That was their means of making a living for the most part. We've got to look at what people did in those days. Uh how they lived, what they ate. That way we understand. Another another great example is the Jewish wedding. The ancient Jewish wedding. Phil, do you realize that the ancient Jewish wedding is a portrait of the rapture? Well, that's what I was just going to ask you about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let me give you a, a real quick synopsis of the ancient Jewish wedding. The bridegroom finds a woman, a virgin, that he wants to marry. He approaches her, then he goes to his father, and they come to the bridegroom's father's house. They sit at the table. There is a document called a ketubah. The ketubah lists all the obligations of the groom, all the obligations of the bride, and it also lists the price the bridegroom will pay for the bride, her dowry. The ketubah is read. It is signed by the bridegroom. It is signed by the bride-to-be. The bridegroom then gives her a gift to seal the ceremony with. And this is actually when they are married. They are married from the moment they, this ceremony is completed. He gives her the gift, and then the the bridegroom's father gives them a cup of wine, and from the moment she drinks that, takes a sip of that cup of wine, she's a married woman. If she were to run off with somebody else, she would be stoned for adultery. If he was to run off with somebody else, he would be stoned for adultery. They are, for all intents and purposes, married. Now, the bride would then disappear for at least a year while the bridegroom builds the 
the home for them adjacent to his father's house. You remember what Jesus said? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Guess what the bridegroom says to the bride as she's leaving his father's house? He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, so that where I am, there you'll be also. That's the exact words the bridegroom says to his bride as she leaves to go back to her father's house. Wow. Then the bridegroom begins building their their marriage chamber called the hoopah. Now, when all is prepared, the bride the bride is told to be ready and she's ready. There is messengers that pass messages back and forth between the bridegroom and the bride. They do not get to see each other for a year. They will not see each other for at least a year, sometimes longer. But there's a messenger passing messages back and forth and keeping them abreast as to how soon the house will be finished. The bride is making herself ready. The the groom goes to his father, and his father inspects the rooms, and he says, All right, son, I believe they're now ready. Go get your bride. The bridegroom then puts together the wedding party. And as the wedding party is going to pick up the bride, they are blowing trumpets. They are carrying torches. Ten virgins are carrying ten oil torches as they're marching to the bride's home. There are four men carrying a box called... uh, Oh, my mind just went blank. They're they're carrying a, a... a box that's decorated for the bride. They arrive at the bride's house. Aperion. It's called the Aperion. The bride gets into the Aperion, and they lift her up on their shoulders and carry her to the groom. Are you following me so far, folks? When the bride arrives, she goes under the canopy that's called the hoopah, she circles the bridegroom three times, and then she stands before him. They recite the prayers, and at that moment, they are publicly married, and they go into the bridal chamber, and they spend seven days. Are you listening? Seven days in the bridal chamber, and they don't come out. At the end of that seven days, the bride and the groom come out of their marriage chamber, and they don't have to work for a year. Now, let me just compare that last little part. We are going to be picked up and carried to heaven, where we are going to meet our bridegroom, Jesus. At that point, for seven years, we're going to be with him in heaven while the tribulation is happening on earth. At the end of that seven years, we're going to be brought out and brought back to earth for a thousand years of peace on earth, the millennial reign. My friends, the ancient Jewish wedding is a perfect portrait of what's about to happen on this earth, the rapture or the gathering together of the saints to go home to be with the Lord. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. That sounds awesome. 
Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, to get our thoughts adjusted, and when we come back, we're going to continue the uh, conversation, um, the wonderful interview we're doing with Brother Dave Lillard, and uh, we are in pretty much in, uh, in uh, I'm pretty much enjoying this myself, so, so we'll be right back, and I'm probably going to cut this commercial short so we can get back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. This habit forming. This habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. This is... Prophecy Zone Radio. All right, we're back. We can cut it short. Uh, just get a little bit of breather here so we can hit that uh, last engine so we can uh, go ahead and uh, get this, get the brain flowing. But anyway, uh, let, let's go ahead, bro, and continue what we're talking about. But uh, let's... Uh, Let's let's continue to talk about um, the the bride and, uh, and and the preparation and, the, and and also what's going on during that uh, that time um, that is called the marriage supper of the lamb. And then let's talk a little bit about the the judgment, um, the judgment seat. It would, from what you know about the judgment seat of Christ, because this okay. is all of this going on simultaneously as the things on the earth is transpiring. Well, there's actually an order to it, Phil, that a lot of people, you have to really dig to find the order. But the order of events would be real simple this. The church is taken out of the earth for the tribulation period. Immediately when we get to heaven, the saints will stand at Christ's judgment seat, or bema, as it's called in Greek. There, our works will be judged. Now, now, everyone that goes in the rapture is going to be in heaven. But Christ is going to judge why you did what you did. And fire will be the judgment. We'll stand before him, and he will judge with fire why we did what we did. Did we do it because we loved him? If we did, the Bible teaches us that it will just be purified like gold, silver, or fine jewels, or precious stones. It'll be purified. If we did it for the fame, the fortune, if we did it for the reasons other than because we loved him and wanted to serve him, then it will be burned up like stubble. And we'll walk around for all eternity with a smell of smoke on us. That's why it's so important 
that we yet that's why it's so important that we do what we do for the Lord for the, all the right reasons. Now, yeah. I believe that that will take approximately six years of the tribulation. Uh-huh. That that judgment will go on for the first six years of the tribulation period. That final year is the marriage supper of the Lamb. For for one year, we will sit with the Lord in beautiful banquet hall that's prepared for the saints in heaven. And we will enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then at that point, at the end of the tribulation period, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Christ will mount his beautiful white horse, and he'll make the first trip to heaven by himself to do battle at Petra to preserve the remnant of the Jews that are there. Then he will come back with us, and then all of us will follow him back on our white horses, wearing our white robes and crowns. He'll step down on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives will split. The Antichrist, also called the Mahdi, and the false prophet will be bound and thrown into the lake of fire. Satan will be bound and thrown into the lake, into the bottomless pit for the thousand-year millennial. Christ will walk down from the Mount of Olives and set up his kingdom and his rule from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, where we'll all be enjoying a thousand years of peace on earth. That's, yeah. that's the short... Yeah, um, I, I, I say this on almost every show, and... Um, People take this the wrong way. That's fine. You can take it the way you want to. Um, I noticed something in the chat room. Um, People, I have the worst uh, blessings with chat rooms. I hate to use the word luck. Um, Sometimes people wait until a specific time before they, uh, I don't mind you disagree, but to spend the whole time in the chat room disagreeing is is it's it's like bringing division among the brethren. Um, if you got to stay here and do that, I mean, this is a big world. This is like seven seven billion people in this world, and there's many places to go. If you got to cause division, um, I, I don't like all that stuff in my chat room. I mean, I, I'm gonna tell you right now. Can I, I like say unity. something? Go ahead. The particular individual that you're talking about in your chat room is yeah. someone who goes to various chat rooms and causes conflict about this very issue. Yeah. He has openly lied about challenging me to a debate on this very subject. And I've challenged yeah. him three times on my program to a debate on this subject, and he's not answered any of the challenges that I've given. The reason yeah. being is because he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. The reason being is because deep down in his heart, he knows he's wrong. And you're right, Phil. This kind of stuff yeah. causes division. This kind yeah. of stuff causes people not to want to be associated with the church, not to be want to be associated with Christians. If you've got a problem with what I'm saying, have the guts to get on the email or get on the yeah. telephone and talk to me where you're not causing division like the Bible says you're supposed to. If you've got a yeah. problem with your brother, according to the Bible, you're supposed to go to them first in private. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't hear you, then you go 
with a couple of witnesses to try to talk to them again. If they still won't hear you, then you take it before the church. And if they won't hear the church, then they're to be put out of the church. Hey, if you're not G-man, going according uh, to the Bible way of settling a dispute, you don't have a right spirit in you. Yeah. And you've yeah, got no business G-man, even bringing it up. Your, the, the answer to your question is a guy, is a person in the room called Black G-Man. The answer to your question, it should be obvious. For you, uh, just look around your last uh, um, tra- uh, post, and that'll be easy to find out who that is. But anyway, <laughs> Isaiah twenty six twenty is a very interesting scripture, and this is God speaking. He said, "Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut the doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation overpass." That yeah. one scripture says it all, Phil. He's telling yeah. us to go into the chamber. That's the marriage chamber. And yeah. to hide yourselves. That means for the tribulation period until the indignation, which is another word for tribulation, is past. Yeah. The church will be taken. We're not going to have to go through the hell that's going to happen on this earth. By the time the tribulation period is over, over half of the world's population will be killed. Now, you said yeah. a moment ago the population is about 7 billion. Yes, sir. Let's just say for argument's sake that half that is taken in the rapture. Let's say 3 billion. Yeah. At least 3 billion on the earth. In the first two years of the tribulation period, I'm sorry, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, half that population dies. Mm. Well. Half that population will die. That will put it between one and a half and two billion dead bodies on this planet. Uh Jesus himself said, if the days were not shortened, there would be no body left. God is not going to leave his children here to suffer with those that he's pouring out his anger on, those that he's pouring out his indignation on, on. We will be lifted out of here, taken to heaven, enjoy the seven years in heaven, and then come back for that big battle of Armageddon where Christ will return and take charge forever. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm not one to, to debate people, Phil. But I'm, I get a little tired of those people who will go on and lie about you and twist and distort the scriptures and take them completely out of context. And they mess people up. It causes such division in the church. God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. If you've got a problem with something I'm saying, be man enough to talk to me about it on the telephone or through emails. Don't challenge me when I'm not able to directly talk back to you. Yeah. You owe me that much respect at least. Yeah. And I'll give you the same. Yes, Where we're going next, Phil? Amen. That is so true. Um, I uh, just wanted to say uh, I, I, I noticed that there is a lot of people on Blog Talk Radio who who do that, uh, go around and uh, try to correct individuals. And, and it's not their job. Life, 
Listen. <laughs> oh my God. It's not fun. their job. God didn't call anybody to do that, and I dare anybody to show me a scripture where he where he says to do that. Well, it's their mission, all right, but it's not God. <laughs> well, God God says you're supposed to go to him in private. Yeah. You have three steps that. in private before yeah. you go public with with something. And and then you really don't go public with it. You just take it before the church. Yes, indeed. You're not supposed to openly rebuke people because all that does is run them down. God doesn't run yeah. people down. God is one who wants to encourage people. If you got a problem with a brother or a sister, go to them in private. Yeah. Do it God's way. Save the relationship that you may have with that brother or sister and save other people. We don't need to be we don't need to be giving the world our dirty laundry. We need to handle our dirty laundry in house the way the Bible says we're supposed to. Get it made right. Get that person to repent and it's settled, it's done. We forgive them, they forgive us. God puts it under the blood of Jesus and we're done with it. Amen. That way we can all go to heaven because you have to forgive in order for God to forgive. Yeah. Enough said. Man, enough said. <laughs> enough said. The um, the Middle East, right quick, before we go off on the Middle East, um, what do you know that is going on in that area pertaining to the Bible prophecy? The next big thing that we're going to see coming out of the Middle East is a big one. It is a huge one, Phil. And not a lot of people are familiar with this. And let me just grab my note on this real quick. The armies of the Muslim nations are gathering to attack Israel. If you look at a map of the Middle East, you'll notice that the nation of Israel is surrounded by Muslim nations. Libya, Egypt, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, Sinai, uh, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, Turkey. They make a crescent moon surrounding Israel with the Mediterranean to her west. The next big thing to happen is going to be the Syrians are going to attack Israel with the help of the Muslim nations. Yeah. They will attack Israel with chemical, biological, and possibly even nuclear weapons. Yeah. When they do, Israel is going to retaliate with a full attack, and they are going to destroy Damascus. Yeah. Listen to this prophecy from Isaiah 17, 1 and 2. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city, and it will be a ruinous heap. The cities of Aor are forsaken. They will be for flocks which lie down, and no one will make them afraid. The defense minister of Israel has told the members of uh, Hezbollah, who are in control of that area, if you, we will not be gassed again. If you try to gas us or use chemical agents on us, we will make you glow. In other <laughs> words, if you attack us with gas or chemical mm -hmm. weapons, we're going to nuke you. Wow. Israel has got nuclear weapons pointed at Damascus right now. Yes, indeed. When this attack happens... Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who I greatly admire, is uh -huh. going to say, okay, you want to play dirty? Let's go for it. They will unleash a nuclear attack on Damascus, and the oldest city on the planet Earth will be destroyed. The wow. world is going to condemn Israel 
and try to force the Palestinian state issue because of that. Now, Greg, as I read the Bible, I'm sorry, uh, Phil, as I read the Bible, this is the last major event prior to the first battle of Armageddon. I believe that when Syria attacks, when Hezbollah and Hamas assist them and all the Muslim nations that want to do away with Israel attack, this attack, and Israel retaliates, that's going to be the catalyst, Damascus being destroyed, that puts the Muslim nations all in a row and they're going to march to the first battle of Armageddon. The Antichrist will be revealed about that time, the church is out of here, and that first battle of Armageddon will take place. I believe all okay. that is going to be right there in very short order together. Now, I noticed something about the last uh, attacks on Israel or, uh, or uh, attempts to attack Israel. I noticed that they were all on Jewish holidays. Um, I know that this immediately. Uh, I know that I know that the, the 1973 war was, was like on Tabernacles, or uh, one of them was on Yom Kippur. I think 1967. So a lot of people think that that's a that's a problem for us to say. I, I think the next major confrontation, not this one, but you might think Ezekiel 38, 39 is in some different place, but I uh, I don't cause division because you might have it somewhere else than I do. But I, I believe that uh, there's going to come a time where there is going to be a uh, war and Israel will be caught sleeping um, on a possibly Rosh Hashanah Feast of Trumpets um, uh, holiday or whatever you want to call it, Observance Day. Or, or I don't think uh, Israel Tuesday. is ever going to be caught asleep again because... The tactic yeah, has, has been probably. well used, but I think they'll be caught by surprise. Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. and I, it could very well it could very that's well be yeah. sometime between uh, the start of uh, this year's holy season. Yeah, it, it could very well be that they they try to attack around Rosh Hashanah. If they do. Huh. It's going to be interesting to see if we're out of here or not. I, I still believe that this easily could be the year the church goes home. Yeah. And yeah. it would, with all the stuff that's happening in the Middle East and happening so quickly. Yeah, very uh, quickly. You know, Egypt has opened up the southern border to the Gaza Strip, and weapons are pouring in there. Yeah. The Muslim Brotherhood is in the process of rigging the election with the help of the Iranian government to take over the government of Egypt in the next election. The next thing will be Saudi Arabia. Once they have Saudi Arabia and Egypt, Libya is right there too. Once they have control of those three nations through the the Muslim Brotherhood, it's all over with. And it, it's, it's so close, so near, Phil, it could happen this year. It could yeah. easily happen this year. We're just going to have to wait and see. But all the pieces are are falling together in the Middle East prophetically so quick. It's very yeah. difficult to keep up with it from one hour to the next. You can almost <laughs> open your Bible and read the, read tomorrow's headlines from your Bible. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, the big um, thing is, is we got to be ready. Yeah, what did it say about Lot's wife and also um, the the times of Noah? 
Um, what is your take on all of uh, the condition of the world and the church? Uh, what should be we? Where are the where is the church looking at now? The church is in a sad state. We've got to get away from worshiping our denominations. And we have got to start worshiping our God. We've got to get away from he said, she said, and get to what God said. We've got to get away from the bickering and the internal fighting and rally around the truth that we all as Christians should be able to rally around. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the one thing that will get a person into heaven. When the rapture is going to happen, that doesn't determine whether or not you're going to heaven. Sprinkle them or dunk them, that doesn't determine whether you're going to heaven or not. Celebrating the feast or not selling the bread of the feast, from what I can tell, that doesn't determine where you go. It's our faith in Christ Jesus that gets us to heaven. Let's quit battling each other and take the battle where it needs to go to the gates of hell. Let's start winning souls forgiving each other, loving each other, preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The world state right now is they're doing exactly like they were in the time of Noah. Everybody's in a party. Everybody is self-centered. Everybody wants to get drunk. Sexual immorality is rampant. All those things were happening at the time of Noah. They're happening now. Church, get clean, get right, Pack up, because we're about to be going up. And I'm sorry, the Word does say He's coming for those who are looking for and loving His appearing. If you don't believe now, let me ask rapture, you a question on that. You hit the nail on the head. I've been wanting to ask this question to another brother. Oh, you man. Right here. Oh, my God. I, I've been wanting to ask this question for a long time. And nobody has even, even some of the pastors, some of the top pastors haven't even said this yet. But, um... If you're not looking or watching for his coming and loving his appearing, is that more of a, um attitude uh, check type of thing of what your condition is as far as how you feel about Christ, how, I mean, do you love him? Or uh, are, or is it, or is it, or is it just true that if you're not looking for his coming, at all, you're not going. Well, it stands to reason what that means, Phil, is if you're not looking for his coming, you don't care if he's coming or not. Yeah. If you're not looking for and longing for and loving his appear, uh, his appearing, then you're not you're not really right with him. Yeah. It just stands to reason. If you are a true Christian, you're looking for and you're loving and you're longing for his appearing so that you can go home. So it goes back to the bride in that scenario, the Jewish custom Samaritan scenario we gave, when Abraham sent you know Eliezer out to get a wife for uh, Isaac, and and Isaac goes back prepares the place. Well, mm-hmm. what, what, is, what was Isaac's wife's name? Rebecca or Rachel? It was one of those two. Rachel. Well, her yeah, Rachel. Well, her attitude. How would it be if her attitude was, I don't want him. Oh man, I got some other stuff I got to take care of. Well, they would probably pick another girl. 
<laughs> well, well I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. Well, go ahead. The, 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 the thing of it is, is there are so many people out there who claim to be Christians but don't have the first idea what it means to be a Christian. They're a, they're, they're a name-only Christian. They wear the name Christian like I wear the name Wrangler on my 13 MWZ cowboy-cut jeans. <laughs> and I sit on that name, by the way, when I sit down every time. Yeah. A Christian is not a name. Yeah. A Christian is a belief, an attitude, and a way of life. For example, the acronym for Bible is Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Yeah. In order to be a true Christian, we have to follow the teachings of our Lord, to follow the teachings of Christ, to follow the teachings of God. Christ loved. Even when he was rebuking someone, he did it in love. We've got to learn how to live our lives in love. And that is also the reason the world is not running to the church is because all they see is division and bad-mouthing and talking about each other. They're not seeing the love of Christ. Folks, Jesus died so that we could live. And if you're shooting your brother, you're killing him. If you're shooting your sister with your words, you're killing him. And as a matter of fact, that's sin. And no sin will enter heaven. So be careful and mind your words and mind your attitude. Be respectful. If you have a disagreement with somebody, take it to them in private. Try to work it out between you so that, if nothing else, you can agree to disagree. And just because I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture and somebody else believes in a a mid-trib or a post-trib Rapture doesn't mean that I don't love them, doesn't mean that we can't be brothers. It just means we disagree on that point. Let's stop worrying about what we disagree on, and let's start concentrating on what we agree on, which should be repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm Pretty sure you got a full week. I'm be I'm be tuning in to your program this week because well, I'm here this week on CNR. I'm going to be going back to the Hebraic roots, and each day this week I'm going to be teaching about the fall festivals and the significance of how we as Christians should be celebrating them and pointing them and how they point to Christ. And we're going to start off tomorrow talking about Teshuvah which is the 40 days of repentance before uh, Rosh Hashanah. And that starts, by the way, on August 30th. Teshuvah starts on August 30th. So it starts this month. So if your listeners would like to tune in, they are more than welcome. We're going to try to give as much teaching as we can all week on the fall festivals. Amen. And why don't you give out your website and also where they can catch you on Blog Talk. Uh, my website is DaveLillardMinistries.org or .com. That's D-A-V-E-L-I-L-L-A-R-D, Ministries.com or .org, and that'll take you everywhere. Uh, we're on Block Talk Radio from 4, starts at 4 o'clock Central Time, Monday through Friday. And on Fridays, we share communion with our, our listeners 
in the second half of the program. Usually the program will run at least 30 minutes, and here lately has been running 45 minutes to an hour with a lot of teaching. And we're also going to start doing a broadcast where folks can call in with questions and get answers. Hey, man. That sounds good. I'll be there. Uh, but thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show. God bless you. God bless your listeners. Thank you so much for the invitation, and I hope we can do it again soon. Amen. God bless. See you later. God bless. All right. That was a wonderful interview, Brother Dave Lillard. Uh, and uh, we're going to be uh, coming back on on Tuesday, hopefully. Yeah, Tuesday should be. I should be on here Tuesday, and we are going to be kind of looking at the the comet Elanine that's coming this way, and what does it, how does it tie into Bible prophecy? And um, if you if you uh, are listening today and you don't know Jesus is your personal Savior, Lord and Savior, uh, He is willing to. He's standing at the door, and He's willing to come in to your heart. And be your Lord, folks. Um, time is getting short. Uh, God is seeking uh, a bride for Himself, and the way we are born again is uh, is to give our lives to Jesus. Jesus asked us to pick up our cross daily and, and follow Him. Uh, the Lord loves people. The love want the Lord wants. He wishes that no man should perish, but all men should come to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, and if you're a Christian, what are you doing for Christ right now? We're saved by faith through grace. We're not saved by works, but um, the legit faith produces uh, works. And uh, James said, uh, um, what did he say? He says, uh, actually, pause. Says, show me your your faith, and I and I'll show you my um, faith through my works. Was James? But uh, God loves y'all out there, and you know, time is getting short. We're not trying to make anybody. Fearful, but hey, if it works, I hate to say it. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people in the tribulation period uh, fearful, but sometimes fear drives you away from God. And we don't want that to be so. But God bless everybody out there. Please tune in at uh, 6 o'clock on Tuesdays, um, on Tuesday, and we will be talking about Bible prophecy. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Have a wonderful night.